You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, Helions hell-bent on hallucinating about hellacious Halloween hallmarks. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 241, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your spoofers, spoon-feeding spookiness. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. We got our Halloween special today, but before that, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card. Sorry, not Halloween themed. Yeah. You guys have your non-Halloween barnyard buzzers. Here we go. Let's answer some questions. Blue Edge for geography. Ooh, which of the five Great Lakes does not have a border with Canada? Oh, oh gosh. okay. All right. Does not. Do you All each right. want to say one? Okay. Don't think it's Ontario. Yeah, I was going to say, we can rule out. Yeah, let's look. Okay. So don't think it's Ontario. Uh oh, we should know a mnemonic for all these, right? There's there's Ontario Holmes. Superior. Oh, yeah. that's right, Holmes, right? Uh, Superior yeah. Huron, Michigan, uh, Erie. Michigan, Erie. Yeah. Okay, right. so does not. I'm gonna say so they all do except for one. All do right. except okay. maybe. How hmm. about Erie? I was gonna say either Erie or Michigan. So yeah, I could go with Erie. The answer is Michigan. Ah, Michigan. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to all okay. of our. So the Michigan. one that is named after a U.S. state, state is the one that does not even yep. touch Canada. Would, would refuses okay. to even touch it. Okay, <laughs> does not deign. To... Right. Uh, okay. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture. Which self-proclaimed best friend of Nicole Brown Simpson? wrote her posthumous tell-all and appeared on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my gosh. <sighs> did, wow, what a snapshot of, of real Okay, so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Self-proclaimed best friend of Nicole Brown Simpson. Uh, who was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? <laughs> Bethany Frankel. No, she's in, uh, that's New York. She's in New York. Uh, <laughs> Vanderpump. Not her. It oh, wasn't. Um, but the right coast, I guess. Omarosa. Chris Jenner, was it? No, she. Yeah, uh, okay, all right. Okay, who is it? Faye Resnick. Oh, okay. yes. Wow. That's, I, I remember know. that name from the OJ uh, trial days. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. All right, Yellow Edge. What was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth name? <laughs> oh, what a good question. This I don't is know. A good Colin. One. Uh, it was Michael. I am pretty sure. Michael King Jr. Yeah. Huh. Wow. All right. Next question. Purple Wedge. The town of Agra in India houses what famous monument to Shah Jahan's wife? Everybody. The Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Okay. All right. Green Wedge for science. Where in the human body are the two most common areas to check for a pulse? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is this question going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two most common areas, check for false. Uh, the, the wrist and the neck? Yeah. Correct. Uh, okay, okay, all right. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. What, is, what a weird question. Yeah. yeah. If you stop at any point in that question, it's right. weird. Yeah. Where is the yeah. human body? Yes. Okay. Turns are out the it's two... the, uh, 
the groin and the right nostril. Yeah. Why? How do you do it? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. All right. Last question, Orange Wedge. Oh gosh, what a strange card. A, a race that is longer than twenty six point two miles in length is called a what? A race that is longer than okay, is okay. it Colin ultra marathon? Ooh. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. it is. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything over 26.2 is called an ultra, oh, really? ultra marathon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So you can run right. 27. I guess right. it, um, it literally makes sense, but I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Some, like when I hear ultra marathon, I think like, you know, 50 miles or 100 yeah, miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, Across okay, the United right. States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to run an inframarathon one day. It's going to be incredible. That's when you jog alongside one of the runners to hand them a cup of water, right? It's like, yeah, I completed my first inframarathon. That's it. All right. Good job, Brains. All right. Well, I mean, we're so excited uh, to bring you um, the type of episode that I think everybody looks forward to when you're, you know, when you're watching, when you're really into a television show or or a, or a trivia podcast, and that is uh, a mid-season clip show. Yay! Yay! Or I mean, it could be worse. It could be we're stuck in an elevator. Two characters Model stuck episode, in an elevator. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right. That's every episode of this show, right? Like <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. you're stuck in, a, in an elevator with with like you know a bunch of people who won't shut up about about trivia. And you're clawing <laughs> at the doors. Do you guys yeah. want trivia? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so this week we've curated our past two hundred plus episodes, and we've picked out the spookiest. The ghastliest, mm. the candiest, the funnest, and, and importantly, and the... importantly, the previously recordedest <laughs> <laughs> Halloween trivia we've got. So enjoy this spooky season, everyone. Stay safe, and let's get into the Halloween spirit. Time for ghosts to come out to play. Different shapes and sizes on display. Some look wearied, some look hoarse. But the secret ingredient in your coffee is squash. Now, I have a trivia question for you. You might get this question on your pub quiz, listener at home. You're going to want to know this. If you go to Starbucks coffee and you order a pumpkin spice latte, is there pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte? Dun, dun, dun. Right now? All right. Yeah, if you go today, today, October 2016, and you ordered a, a pumpkin spice latte, and they gave it to you, and you drank it, have you just consumed any pumpkin? They changed it. Yeah. It I used it to did. not be, it used to just be spice, and I think all the organic, or all the natural hoopla, uh-huh. they had to cut down on artificial flavoring, and I think they did add... I think the opposite. Like, it did have it, and then they, and they took, took it, it away. Out. I, I mean, they might have natural they, flavorings. They in did. It. Does change, that they count? changed it in 2015, but what did they change it to? I think they took it out. What's okay. the answer? Let's find out. The answer is Karen is correct. They yeah. put it in. It's pumpkin spice latte, uh, mm-hmm. the popular fall beverage uh, served at Starbucks for a limited time. Did not have any pumpkin in it. The idea was it was pumpkin spice, spice. the sort yeah. of spice that you put in a pumpkin pie. But yes, due to people sort of making some noise online about how there's not even any pumpkin in a pumpkin spice latte, they were like, okay. and also that it used caramel coloring, which for good or for ill, had got this reputation of 
you mm. know, being bad for you. Starbucks reformulated the drink in 2015, okay. took out the caramel coloring, and put in pumpkin puree. Okay. And How so it much is made. Of it? There, no, it's, trace. it's the, yeah, That's yeah, no, not trace elements, but like, you know, there is a, they a call pumpkin. it a sauce. Okay. Pumpkin sauce. Okay. And like that plus your milk plus your coffee is the, is the pumpkin oh, spice. Have now. you had one yet? And that pumpkin season? spice, I have not had one that this season. I wonder how the flavor is. I very rarely get these sort of yeah. sugar bomb Starbucks yeah, uh, yeah. stuff, but incredibly popular. So let's talk about pumpkin spice, the pumpkin spice lattes, the pumpkin spice, the pumpkins, all that kind of stuff. So around 2003. Mm-hmm. Starbucks looked at the success of uh, seasonal drinks that it had, like the eggnog latte. That's my yeah. favorite. Uh, and the peppermint mocha. Maybe yeah. you like this. That's I don't know. Good. And they were drink. like, well, you know, we're having these success with these seasonal drinks in the winter. What if we had a seasonal drink in the fall? The fall is cold. Yeah. Oh, those are winter. We those should, are like Those are winter. Yeah. Those Got are holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So they do some focus tests. And yeah. they find out that when they kind of focus test a whole lot of different flavors, people liked chocolate. And yeah. they liked caramel. Uh-huh. And the pumpkin, the pumpkin pie flavored coffee. They were like, mm. It was not like on the low end, but it was in like the middle. Okay. It was like, this is all right. Yeah. So Starbucks ended up going with the pumpkin pie because they kind of looked at the, the, the market and, like, and they were like, you know what? We have this sort of free and open, um, you know, market untapped. on the pumpkin flavored, yeah. you know, coffee genre. So let's go ahead and do that. And of course it is, you know, very thematically appropriate to the fall. Yeah. And you might wonder, Chris, why is that if you don't live in America? A lot of our listeners are international, and I'll yeah. tell you, when I start looking up, you know, facts and figures about pumpkin spice latte, a lot of the articles are aimed at people in the UK and Australia who are like, why do Americans love this love stuff? go so wacko for pumpkin yeah. spice? Why are they putting squash yeah. in like their coffee? Why? It doesn't make any it's sense. It's crazy. Yeah. We'll get to that. Pumpkin is a kind of squash. By the way, they almost called it the fall harvest latte. No. No. It sounds like leaves. Like it's just a bunch of leaves. You're right. You're right. It sounds like leaves in your coffee. (laughs) Yeah. That's in reference, by the way, Karen, to the way the leaves fall off the trees. (laughs) (laughs) So um, pumpkin. Yeah. It's a kind of squash. Here's something real interesting. Libby's Pumpkin is a subsidiary of Nestle. They do about 80 to 90% of the canned pumpkin business in America. Wow. Which is all, most of it is around this time of year. Wow. Because Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie. Yeah. If you look at the can, it says, made from Libby's Select Pumpkins. Okay. That, that is not just a little marketing line. They have their own proprietary varietal oh. of pumpkin that they bought. Makes and it sense. is called Libby Select Pumpkins. Like the strain or like the... Pumpkin. Yeah. Technically, it's a type of Dickinson pumpkin. And the weird part about this is, if you look at Libby Select Pumpkins, they do not look like the orange, round, yeah. carving jack-o'-lantern pumpkins. What do they look like? That you, so, I'm not going to... I imagine not, they look like a water balloon like, full of pumpkin goop. Like in the, uh, make you it, are not very easy. far off. Yeah. They are more oblong. They're a little taller. Uh-huh. The the skin on them is tan to beige. Okay. Now, this has led to an urban it's myth that parts. started going around yeah. this year that, oh, there's no pumpkin in canned pumpkin. It's all squash. It's like, well, pumpkin is squash. These are pumpkins. They are bred not to look like jack-o'-lanterns. They are bred to be full of delicious, delicious pumpkins. But again, 
Why, 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 think our foreign uh, listeners, are you <laughs> guys so nuts, nuts about pumpkins and you put in your coffee? This this aroma of the yep. spices that they put yeah. into pumpkin pie is so fundamental to, like, American nostalgia. You know, Thanksgiving is a time of going home and being with your family. Those air fresheners are my mom's jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they have been since before 2003. I know. Well, <laughs> pumpkin, and that smell of pumpkin spice goes back to the beginning of America. American Cookery by Amelia Simmons, which was written what in the 1700s-ish. Uh First known cookbook written by an American, a person living in America. And it basically, if you look at this book that, you know, scholars look at it, it it really, it takes the old British recipes and then it uses the ingredients that are available in America to make, right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this stuff is made with corn and not oats, that sort of thing, maize. Um, It has the first recipe for turkey with cranberries. And she has a recipe in this, in this book for pumpkin pudding, which is basically like pumpkin pie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's. Pumpkin that is spiced with ginger and nutmeg, mm. and another variety of the recipe, oh, allspice. Um, I the love major, all of them, the yeah. major spices are cloves, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and then possibly allspice. Yeah, and so again, which is which is its own plant. Yes. Oh, yes. All not, spice is it's not, not every not spice. Mystic spice, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. etc. Spice. It's, it's um, technically and, one spice. Yeah. yeah. In, it was in 1934 that the company McCormick, the spice uh-huh. company McCormick, introduced the pumpkin spice oh, blend of. So yeah. it just has all Pre-mix. the spices that you need, all of the four basic spices all together. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'd like to close out by saying. Now that the pumpkin spice latte has become so popular, pumpkin spice everything is now the current fad trend in America. I went to Target.com and and just searched for pumpkin spice. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Here are just some of the products that I found on Target that are available right now Uh to order. Um, This is all. I'm not making any of this up. Okay. Any of it. Uh Uh-huh. Pumpkin spice Cheerios. Okay. That sounds delicious. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Pumpkin spice Halloween costume. What's... It's like you smell like it's it like or... sexy pumpkin, pumpkin spice eggos, sure, <laughs> pumpkin spice Greek yogurt. These are all products that are currently purchasable. Uh, it depends on very the... traditional how pumpkiny. Yeah, it is. only if there's like granola to make oh. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, pumpkin spice Lindor truffles. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably good. Pumpkin probably. spice chili seasoning. Oh, chili. oh, I kind of uh, have some. Yeah, I'll try it. Pumpkin spice lip balm. Okay, I have some in my purse right now. All right. It's disgusting. And finally, finally, this sounds like a a Chris Kohler joke, but uh, this is actually real. Um, Will Shorts presents Pumpkin Spice Sudoku. Nice. Okay. Watching television can rot your brain. Halloween specials can make you go insane. But TV knowledge in trivia is vital. Can you identify the show by their spooky episode title? So, I love Halloween. I love it. I love um, the costumes and the candies and the decorations. And I really love the Halloween episodes of TV shows. Everybody always has like a punny name. They go way out of their way. Like you see their costumes. It's fun. Yeah. Halloween is a And some shows really stepped it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read you the title of the episode and you tell me what show. And there's there's a clue in the title. Puns or characters from the show. Okay. All right. Awesome. How about the one with the Halloween party? (laughs) Everybody. Friends. 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 How about... Ghost of Clampett Castle. Oh. 
the Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies. That's right. Oh, is that where they lived? Well, they're clam- the clam- oh, clam- oh, okay. The Curse of the Cramdens. Uh-huh. The Honeymoon. The hun- oh, sorry. Just keep saying Chris and you keep answering. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I thought that was an all-together one. How about, it's the Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester. <laughs> the- Karen? Supernatural. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. The Winchester yeah. Brothers. <laughs> Halloween Night, but night is spelled with K-N-I-G-H-T. Chris? I have no idea. Why'd you buzz? I, I thought he I was going to figure it out. Uh, yes. Night Rider? Yes. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Thinking some medieval show. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was like, I can't. Game of Thrones? No, no. <laughs> Every episode is a Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. How about this? Bungholio, Lord of the Harvest. <laughs> Lord of the Harvest, a.k.a. Butterween. Butterween. Uh, Everybody. Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Yes. How about this? Everybody hates Halloween. Uh-huh. Chris. Every oh, I'm oh, sorry, Karen. <laughs> no, you did it. You can do it. You can I think everybody hates Chris. Yes. Oh, I thought it was gonna be everybody. I was loves gonna say Raymond. everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I was a teenage tailor. Oh, is this home improvement? Yes. Okay. They were the Taylor family. Oh, oh. Yeah, the Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Halloween. 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 Come King, on. King of the Hill. Yes. The ghost of the General Lee. <laughs> Everybody. The Dukes, the Dukes of, of Hazard. Hazard. Yes. It's the gay pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's the gay pumpkin. Karen. Queer as folk. No. Uh, Colin. Will and Grace. Yes. <laughs> what is Blue afraid of? Oh, it's, it's just Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues. <laughs> <laughs> Stevel 2. This time he's not alone. Stevel, Stevel, Stevel too. St- this time he's not alone. Jackass? No. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, it's like Steve-o. Steve. Yeah. St- no. It is Family Matters. Steve oh. Urkel. Steve Urkel. Oh. Oh. Wow. Bar Wars Five: The Final Judgment. Oh, oh. Chris. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. Introduction to statistics. Chris. Community. Yes. The good guy fluctuation, Colin. Uh, that must be Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, yes. Tina and the real ghost. <laughs> Karen. 30 Rock. No. Whoa. Uh, uh, family Ties? No. Chris. Bob's Burgers? Bob's Burgers. Oh. <laughs> so many Tinas. Yeah. Cliff's Mistake. Cliff's. Uh, the Cosby Show? Cosby Show. Oh, yes. I, was, I was thinking, cheers. Yes. I was like, we already cheers had cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Peter Geist. <laughs> Everyone. Family, Family guy. guy. Yes. Employee transfer. Oh. Karen. The Office? The Office. Oh, good one. Lord Zed's Monster Heads. Lord Zed. Karen. Doctor Who? No. Lord Zed. I don't know. Yeah. A Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh! That's it. Corn's Groovy Pirate Ghost Mystery. Corn? That Corn? is South Park. South Park. It's Corn the Band. Uh, and last one, Fonselectomy. <laughs> Chris. Happy Days. Happy Days. <laughs> Fonselectomy. Like Fonzie. Fon- and like- Having a tonsillectomy. Yeah. A Halloween. 
Maybe he can't oh, eat the I thought of another sectomy, but okay. Oh, Fonzie's <laughs> mastectomy. That's what I was like. Happy episode. On a very special episode of Happy Days. Hey. 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 I want to pregnant you on Halloween. Oh. Sit on it. Oh, wait. No, no. <laughs> Please get off. Cool. Good job, you guys. What's the most frightful thing you'll ever feel? Is it that creature laying eggs at your heel? Or is it an axe murderer giving you a cheese? No, it's your crappy costume mask digging into your face. If you guys are like me, uh, you had your share of bad Halloween costumes as a kid. In some years I was like lucky enough to have a grown-up help me, you know, and I would have like a really <laughs> awesome, I was an awesome vampire one year. Oh, yeah. My mom spent a lot of time, I had this cool cape, and we mm. got the, like, the mm. makeup and the teeth. And <laughs> There were other years, though, uh, years where I, it was more like when I had my E.T. costume. Mm-hmm. So this was a <laughs> store-bought off the shelf ET costume. Oh, that you're okay. ET, you're not Elliot. Yep. I was ET. Like right? a hospital gown plastic this is kind like of thing that wrapped around you. 1982. Yeah. And uh, as a way of introducing the rest of the story, I would like to play for you a short clip from The Simpsons, <laughs> a <laughs> Treehouse of Horror episode. Check it out, Lisa. I'm Radioactive Man. I don't think the real Radioactive Man wears a plastic smock with a picture of himself on it. He would on Halloween. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. so wait, your ET yeah. costume is ET oh, yeah. on a shirt. It was a, so yeah. it was a shirt the, the writers, the writers had exactly the same experience I did. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. was the 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 mask was decent enough. It was a decent enough mask of ET. E. It looked like ET's face, but the rest of the costume was essentially it was an apron with a picture of ET e. on it. And you know, even as like a little kid, I felt like I was getting ripped off. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not dressing up as E.T. This is more like I'm a walking tribute to E.T. <laughs> right. You know? I'm an E.T. fan. Yeah. And the masks, again, if you if you know what I'm talking about, these were the most uncomfortable. They had the tiniest, <laughs> tiniest little eye slits. Yeah. They're made out of they're made yeah. out of plastic that you would ordinarily use in that configuration for a picnic night. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the edges of it would so just sharp. cut you up. They were sharp, and they, they had these weird little nose slits. So basically, everybody, if you're dressed up as He-Man, you look like E.T. If you were dressed up as Barbie, you look like E.T. Because you had these, like, Voldemort snake nose slit things in the mask. The piece of, not even just, like, a proper, like, strap, but a piece of rubber band that was stapled, stapled to the plastic. The The staples by your face. I totally see why your your smock had a picture of E.T. Like, I was Smurfette, and so it looked like a dress. It didn't look like, it didn't have a picture of smart but et's naked so it would look like a little oh, kid like, <laughs> right. like that's dressed in a naked costume which is weird right i did want to look like et yeah, yeah. And oh who you are you it. dressed as little boy uh i'm a shrine to et i'm, <laughs> I'm a collection of some impressions <laughs> yeah right. i'm an homage yeah. yeah i am the zeitgeist <laughs> <laughs> i am uh, the feeling of the culture of 1982 yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm a pastiche of et related <laughs> <laughs> I moments. wish she said that. Uh, if you're like me, if you if you were a child of the 70s or 80s and even into the early 90s, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is like the decent to crappy decent mask and then the picture of the character on the smock. Yep, yep. Yeah.
all of these costumes were made by one company. Whoa. All of these I'm costumes. Wait, these, these, these mask masks with the smock type costume were all made by the Ben Cooper Costume Company. Man. And the Ben Cooper name was, for decades, the name in costumes. Right, right. And this is the story of a man who just saw an awesome opportunity. The company's a lot older than I thought. I mean, they, they peaked, I think, in the 70s, 80s, for sure. But they went back to the 30s. Hmm. So wow. Ben Cooper himself this is from New York, and he he had a fairly regular start in professional costuming for like showbiz. He would oh, okay. he he ended up making costumes for uh, chorus girls, okay. and he would outfit places like you know, the Cotton Club, or he had a contract with the Ziegfeld Follies at one point. Oh wow! So he really it's not he's just a businessman, yeah, with a, yeah. And a grand idea. He actually is in the in that trade. That's right. That's right. And this was you know you know starting out in the 1920s and trick or treating as like a phenomenon, especially in America, really didn't start in earnest until like right around World War II and thereafter. Uh, but in the 1930s, Ben Cooper saw this was starting to become really popular. He noticed that there was an opportunity here for costumes for kids to go door to door and specifically all the stories i read about uh ben cooper they all make the point of what made him so savvy was he recognized the opportunity for licensed costumes mm. sure because anyone can make a ghost anyone can make a vampire or a werewolf mm. so this is you know this is the, the if 30s he, if he wow. licensed yeah. that is very early that's very, right very early in terms of licensed merchandise. 1937 mm. what did he what was the he first obtained the rights to would you guys care to guess what would have been a big costume for 1937 no no. Disney? Um, like Disney. Mickey Mouse? Is it, is it Mickey Mouse? He obtained the rights to Walt Disney characters, oh. and his Snow White costume oh, sure. sold yeah. like... Sold like yeah. anything that sells a lot. And he kept this on. Anytime there was something that he thought that could be licensed as a character, he was all He's over it. it. All over yeah. it. Like well into the 40s, into the 50s. Wow. And as trick-or-treating, it was kind of this like feedback, like... A lot of people give him credit for helping make trick-or-treating a thing because now kids kids could latch onto their favorite pop culture character. He right. sold tons of Superman costumes. He sold tons of Davy Crockett costumes. And it should be pointed out that for a lot of this time, he didn't have any real competition. As far back as the 50s, the, mm. uh, the Ben Cooper company had made a generic kind of horror-y costume that they called the Spider-Man costume. Oh, okay. okay. So this was, was in, the, in the 50s. Okay. Just, spider. Yes, a spidery spider. man. Right, sure. exactly. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, so in uh, the early 1960s, he got wind that Marvel Comics had created this new character called, of course, Spider-Man, and it was very popular. And they approached Marvel. So Ben Cooper was kind of like, yeah. you know, partly partly I want to avoid a lawsuit mm -hmm. and partly I sense another great marketing idea. <laughs> his, his marketing sense was tingling. This was Mar <laughs> this was, that's great. That's right. This was Marvel Comics's first merchandising deal. Oh, wow. The first merchandising deal was for Ben Cooper to make costumes huh. of specifically Spider-Man and then also Incredible Hulk and this one the Spider-Man smock actually made an attempt to look like the Spider-Man okay. costume. Yeah. I will give them credit. It wasn't quite as conceptual as some of the other ones. <laughs> On into the 70s, he got the license for Star Wars. Ah. And so I remember a lot of these in particular growing up is uh, the smock uh, of like the face within the picture on the smock. Like there's a Yoda. There's a really bad Yoda costume oh. from the 80s where it's a, a, a decent enough Yoda mask but then the body of the costume is all green with a picture of Yoda's face and then <laughs> And then, and then the Empire Strikes Back logo. 
just, it just again, I know Yoda has a weird body, but it strikes yeah. me as supremely half ass. Yes. Yeah. My favorite bad one that I found though was of the Fonz, uh, when oh. Happy Days was big. I want to show you guys a picture of this one just because to describe it won't do it justice. That's the Yoda oh. one? Oh my god. god. That's so scary. Ding dong, so I'm Yoda. <laughs> with a picture of myself on my shirt. We all know why. Wow, here. Yoda's quite the narcissist. <laughs> the the Fonz costume was a Fonzie mask and then a smock. With a picture of the Fonz saying, hey, hey the Fonz. And in case you really, at this point, still didn't know who you were looking at, I mean, the Fonz is wearing a pin on his jacket that says Happy Days. <laughs> Happy he has days. his thumbs up. It's like the, the, the masks themselves were so low detail. That I mean, Yoda. You, you can to... probably figure out what Yoda is, but the Fonz mask. I mean, that looks like could be <laughs> anybody, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you have to have the smock with the picture of the Fonz <laughs> to to let people know <laughs> that you are the Fonz. It's when you mentioned the Richard Nixon mask, Karen. Like they made they when, when they started making presidents presidential masks, those became another huge seller for mm. them. Like the, those presidents, the bank robber. Yeah. That, that is a Ben Cooper mask. That oh. that classic bank robber Richard Nixon mask. That was originally oh, okay. a Ben Cooper mask. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, uh, what happened to it? So sadly, you know, partly what happened was competition. You know, it was only so long but, but before other companies started realizing, you know, there's a lot of money to be made here in yeah. costumes. And particularly where Ben Cooper started to feel the pressure was on the high end was there were a lot of companies making these elaborate molded, you know, latex, really high quality masks. Uh, in the 90s, they declared bankruptcy and they, they got bought by Rubies, which oh. is uh, now sort of the big name in uh, – they make adult costumes. Uh, they make kids' costumes. Yep, yeah. So yep. they they, they bought out stuff. what I've ordered stuff from Ruby's as well for my Star Wars related costuming. <laughs> um, they bought out Whoa. what was left. But of, that's not for Halloween. Yeah. 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 That's for every day. Yeah. I decided I want to see a naked Yoda. And well, no, I've, I've said too much. I've said too much. Did they ever show Yoda like topless? No, he's always in a robe. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they ever showed him topless. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna funny. take this seriously. I forgot he wears a robe. No. Like in my mind, yeah, that's he's all naked him. like ET. Yeah, 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 in my mind, just wrinkly and, green. and fuzzy, green and furry. Yeah, yeah. So if you have fond or not fond memories of these crappy smock costumes, like myself and Millhouse, <laughs> thank Ben Cooper. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Humble beetles scurrying on their feet. But beware if you see them on the street. 
These creepy crawlies have an appetite for meat. Do you guys know what spontaneous generation is? Oh, is that like when you cut a worm in half and both halves grow back? <laughs> um, close, kind of. It's it's a theory. According to this theory, um, living things come forth from non-living things. Ah, uh, okay. It's a very old oh, school yeah. way of thinking. Like maggots come from meat. Right. Yep, like, right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. The theory is that you know there are different elements in the world. There's air, there's water, and through different combinations of that, life can be generated. It's funny to sit here and be like, wow, they're really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like centuries and centuries of, of people without the right technology or, or yeah. tools to, to they were, they find were out putting, about cells. They were putting forth a theory, mm -hmm. and their observations held up that theory mm -hmm. as best as they could. From the days of Aristotle, you know, spontaneous generation is discussed as a fact in literature well into the renaissance um even shakespeare snakes and crocodiles and other creepy crawlies forming from the mud mm. and it kind of made sense because the observation is oh well all these crocodiles are living in the river hanging out in the mud they must therefore come from mud in 1668 italian physician uh, francesco reddy disproved the theory of spontaneous generation and what he did was pretty basic. Popular claim or the popular example is, yes, there's meat and maggots come out from the meat. And so what he did was he had samples of rotting meat that some were fully exposed to the air, mm -hmm. uh, some were partially exposed, and some uh, some of the meat was not exposed to air at all, like a, in a container of some sort. Obviously, the meat that was exposed to air had maggots and, and flies, and, and the meat that was enclosed did not. This discovery completely changed the way people viewed decomposition of organisms. He didn't know it at the time, but Francesco Reddy really is the founding father of what we call forensic entomology. Mm. Huh. Forensic entomology is application and study of insects and other bugs and arthropods to criminal mm. and legal matters thanks to his maggot meat experiment. And now it is a, a scientific way for experts sure. to determine the time of death yeah. of I mean, bodies and we've, crimes. We've seen it on the, the TV cop shows, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, well, based on the level of maggots and decomposition, time of death was 18 hours ago or Yeah, whatever. and mm -hmm. the concept of forensic entomology kind of dates back a while ago, but it was within the last 30 years that it, it has become a, a certified kind of a system mm. to explore mm -hmm. feasible sources for evidence in, in uh, investigations and whatnot. Just uh. from bugs! Um, there's a certain type of beetle, and they're flesh-eating beetles. Forensic labs would use these bugs to help them clean skeletons. Oh, yeah, right, oh. right. I've heard about this. On bones. I've on, seen bones. on bones. I've yeah. seen it on the TV show Bones. Oh, really? <laughs> and it happens on bones. But <laughs> <laughs> They can eat all the meat, all the hide, all the skin, and leave a pristine skeleton. <laughs> and this is actually really helpful because the other way, the old way is they would use a lot of harsh chemicals. Right. The Natural History Museum in London, uh, a while ago, they had a, a flesh-eating bug cam. But the thing is, you have to keep them enclosed because if some Because they escape, eat flesh. Yes, they <laughs> eat flesh. They eat organic material. They're also known as bow bugs because it's a problem for violinists because uh, they like to eat the bow uh, mm. because it's made out of horse hair and so they would infest and it would just degrade and snap mm -hmm. eat all those huh. strings there you go even the best kind of sweets can make the spirits halt 
turns out what makes candy good is not salt. So I went to Sweden a few weeks ago. I, so I brought back a taste of Sweden for you guys. Wait, I, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what oh, the flavors okay. are. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> we'll be kind of a blind taste test, except you can see the candy. It's okay for you to look at it. Okay. okay. You just taste it. You tell me what you think it is, and okay. then I'll tell you. All right. I'll so confirm. we can look and we can taste, but <laughs> yeah. we can't know. We must simply I won't guess. tell you. Right. I've been trying to practice my Swedish pronunciation oh, of okay. these. I bet it's better than ours. Well... It still might not be right, so sorry for the Swedish listeners for laughing at your candy and also for mispronouncing. We're not laughing at your candy. We're laughing yeah. with your candy. We're laughing because it's not... Okay, yeah. here you go. Yeah. The first one is called Salta Mice Nicks. Yeah. Salty Mice Nuts. Salty Mice Nuts. Delicious Salty Mice Nuts. <laughs> Well, they look like um, those Ritter bars. It look, yeah, yeah, it looks like does. chocolate. Yeah, this looks like we're getting off to an easy start here. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. starting you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're gently, easy. I'm gently okay. easing you into okay. the experience. Okay, so it's chocolate things Crun- that look like things. yeah, crunchy things inside. They're size of nuts, but they're not nuts. It, it tastes a, corny. It does. It almost has like a corn. Nut it's a familiar flavor, flavor for it. sure. So it's basically it's a it's a bar of chocolate with are they. Are they peas or is it corn? I can't identify what it is. I vote corn. Yeah, I, I, vote, corn I vote corn. It's corn nuts. Mm. They're, they're, they're salted corn. That's good. Chocolate bar. This one is called Turkish Turkish pepper. I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Here, it's, uh, it's actually made in Finland, but it's super common in Sweden and in Denmark. And if you bite into it, I'm told. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Oh my! Mm. I'm scared. Oh. Do it. Just bite into it. Oh! All right. So licorice on the outside for sure. That was that. It's like... like a burst of salt. <laughs> yeah. It's like salt. Is it also hot? Oh, maybe some pepper. Oh, God, it's so salty. It's like salt and pepper like, wrapped in licorice. Usually, when there's like salt in your mouth. It, oh, it goes away after a while, yeah. but it just keeps building and yeah. building. It's a tsunami of salt. a salt grenade. <laughs> it is. I think I have now fired all of these salt receptors off my tongue. <laughs> That's bracing. <laughs> oh, oh, God, my toes are curling. Wow. I did not enjoy that. So uh, my friend was like, oh, no, they're really interesting when you bite into them. <laughs> yeah. But... but I'll be honest with you. I couldn't make it to the bite into it part of that candy. I was like, Wait, "Oh no, I'm taking so it." So you don't, you have not had the experience. I, of it was it had. was in my mouth for a while, and I was like, "No, no, nope. you foisted this on us." I have a, yeah. I have a palate cleanser for you guys, though. Yeah, that no, that was a palate cleanser in the <laughs> no, sense everything's Batman wiped out. Little boy, we're household cleaners. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's like you know, when you burn your tongue and your taste buds are kind of numb. Yeah, it yeah. feels yeah, like that. Like, my whole You're mouth right. is just like yeah. Yeah. void of <laughs> sensation. Okay, try this is Bilar. Bilar. What are they? Bugar. Bilar. Oh, okay. What are they shaped like? They're shaped like little animals. Sharks or little? Are they Swedish? Or like cars? They're either they're either cars or sharks. Oh, are they Swedish fish? They're in pastel colors. No, they probably taste like (laughs) burning. (laughs) Bilar is Swedish for. uh, I think it's a little race car. They're a little race car. Yeah, Bilar is Swedish for car. I have one of each color. It kind of it kind of looks like someone took. Normal marshmallows and squish them into little cars. It does. Like like someone made these. Yeah. Wow, that's remarkably resilient. 
You just squish down on it, it returns to yeah, its original yeah, shape. Yeah. They call these Sweden's most purchased car, because Bilar means car mm. in Swedish. This is Sweden's most tasteless candy. <laughs> it's because we don't have it, taste don't... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're actually quite savory if you haven't just eaten the salt grenade. It feels like it's in the same family as like uh, circus peanuts. It's like, yes. like, a, like a marshmallow. You know those um, rings, gummy rings? Sometimes they have a white underside, like they're yeah. two-sided. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. tastes like the white part. It does, yes. you're right. Yes, it yeah. totally does. Yep. yep. All right. So this is the last candy. It's been described as like, oh, you have to try this. This is the classic Swedish candy. Everybody's had it. It's really old, <laughs> old type of candy. Old. It's called, um, it's called Younger Roll, which means jungle roar. You know, you know what I'm scared by is the fact that it's so small. I'm scared that <laughs> it's the color black because it always means licorice. This looks like a like a poisonous fish. You know what I mean? Like on like the Nature Channel, they're like its markings indicate its deadliness. <laughs> yeah, it's black with white stripes. Yeah. Oh, they're little squirrels. Uh, oh. Maybe monkeys. The package has a monkey. Oh, like, you know what? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. a monkey profile, and it's covered <laughs> in sugar. Oh my. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that that packs a punch. So you can take it out. Just so put it in. For salty. <laughs> Tastes like Play-Doh. Yes. Oh man. With with once you get past the coating. How does this candy? Once you get past the coating of table salt on this thing. Yeah, that was sugar. It is at least just a. Mm. It is at least just a piece of sticky licorice. Now it's fine. This this thing has now taken the shape of one of my molars and, and will be there forever. After the initial salt wears off, yeah, it's actually kind of tasty. No, that that's my least favorite out of all of them. For oh sure. god, no, I don't, for I sure. don't know that. That is oh god, yeah, that whatever. What is that one called? The Turkish pepper. The Turkish pepper. Yeah, pepper. Pepper. Turkish yeah. pepper is what batteries taste like. <laughs> Well, there you go. You uh, can I have some more corn nuts, chocolate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you started out with the most delicious. Oh, things started out. This so is going to be a great segment. These are awesome. Wow, it's trick candy. No, they eat it sincerely. They don't even their eyes don't even tear up when they're eating it. Like they up some kind of immunity. To Unlike this. you, babies. <laughs> yeah, I think we're wusses. We're total wusses. We're used to a different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. We're just used to sh- crap load of sugar. Sugar, <laughs> sugar, sugar, sugar. All anyway, right. there you guys go. All right. Good, yeah. Good, good job. A death by bullet, by jeep, by an unfortunate fall. Death by orc getting pushed off a wall. A shriek so sharp, so famous in the movie realm. Can only be the painful scream that of Mr. Wilhelm. I would like to uh, begin this next segment by playing a very short clip for you guys from the movie The Charge at Feather River from 1953. It's a Western. Okay. Wilhelm! Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I know that guy. Wilhelm. You do know that guy, Chris, and his name is Wilhelm. Mm. And these days, although this movie is largely unknown, it is famous for giving a name to perhaps 
the most famous sound effect in Hollywood history. And I believe Chris uh, ha- knows what this is. Chris, the, the Wilhelm scream. Yes, yeah. the Wilhelm scream. And what the Wilhelm scream is, was, shall be, is a stock sound effect of the man screaming. This was not uncommon, uh, especially in the 1950s and 60s, of if you had a particular sound effect, it would show up again and again and again, particularly within one given studio's movies. Oh, like a library. Like, exactly. Yeah. They would create a library of here's, you know, arrow being shot. Here's sword clash, you know. Yeah. So as, you know, as a, as a movie maker or a sound engineer, you don't need to recreate these sounds every single time. And this particular scream has become one of the most, if not the most used stock sound effect really? ever, ever. It, oh, yeah. From, first yeah. appeared in this movie. So let's back up. Let's right. back up a couple years. It was first used in a movie called Distant Drums Ooh. from 1951. Uh, it was a Gary Cooper movie. And it was basically about uh, explorers, uh, you know, in in and around the Everglades and their interactions with the uh, Native American tribes. Safe to say, not a terribly politically correct movie okay, sure, by okay. today's standards. Got it. Uh, but one of the scenes in Distant Drums featured uh, a man getting attacked by an alligator as they're going through <laughs> the Everglades. <laughs> and they recorded originally for that movie several samples of a guy screaming that then they would lay in afterward. And that was the sort of the original scream so but it was it didn't take its name until as i played for you just now the charge at feather river where wilhelm and then he gets shot in the leg and so as i say you know this went into a library of sound effect vault kind of thing and you'd use it when needed and it was actually featured in you know some big name movies into the 50s and 60s it was in a star is born Mm -hmm. uh it was in pt 109 so why is this a big deal this is a big deal because this sound effect was reintroduced to the world in a small movie you may have heard of called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ben Burt, who was the sound designer uh, on Star Wars, as well as a number of other uh, George Lucas movies, he found this clip in on a reel, basically, as he was uh, creating all the sound effects for Star Wars. And he found it labeled man being eaten by alligator. Yeah. <laughs> and you know. I think, you know, yeah. you're going to need Just that. in case. Sure. Uh, and partly out of his need for a sound of someone falling, and I think partly out of his just sort of mischievous streak, he decided to put it into Star Wars. So let me play you the, the clip where it appears in Star I'm Wars. I'm trying to guess where it is. This is when uh, Luke and Leia are escaping across the chasm and the stormtroopers on the other side. Okay. It's one of those sound effects where once you hear it, it just jumps out at you. Yeah. So from there, really, this is just, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. It kind of exploded. Well, Star Wars was sort of an influential film on many young directors. Absolutely. And in some ways, I guess it kind of became like an in-joke almost. Or an homage. Yeah, in-joke slash homage slash like Easter egg for other people in the industry. You know, that Mm -hmm. as a sound designer, you'd find a way to sneak the Wilhelm scream into your movie just so that everyone else who's in the know can be like, oh, hey, Wilhelm scream. And kind of, you know, nudge their date. You're so cool. You you know the joke, apparently. (laughs) Stop talking during the movie. George Lucas uses this 
a lot. Steven Spielberg has used it a lot. Huh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, when he was first introduced to the Wilhelm scream, kind of just fell in love with it. He has used it. Peter Jackson has used it as well. And it's kind of become, you know, and, huh. and all of these people that I just named, they're film nerd directors. You know what I mean? Yeah. They all really kind of like, I think, tying themselves to this rich history of the Wilhelm scream. I can, I don't have the time here to list all of the movies that this sample has been used in, but I will give you greatest just hits. a sampling of some of the greatest hits of movies wherein you can find the Wilhelm scream. In no particular order, Despicable Me, Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir Dogs, Kung Fu Panda, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, Raiders of the Lost oh. Ark, as I mentioned, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And this one, I think, merits special note because it's actually used as the sound of one of Mola Rom's thugs being eaten by an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's a wink-wink inside of a wink-wink. Wow. Toy Story, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and the Two Towers, <laughs> Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, Up, Titanic, and every single one of the Star Wars movies. Wow. So it's, it, again, we have Star Wars to thank for many things, and in perpetuating the Wilhelm scream is one of them. Wilhelm scream. What about the guy who screamed? The guy who screamed. Karen, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, ben Bird himself uh, did a little bit of research into this, and a couple of other uh, you know, magazines and film writers have dug into this. By all accounts, it seems that the man who created the original scream was Sheb Wooly, who you may not know the name right away. He was I've a, heard the name. He was a famous uh, voice actor, and he did some novelty songs. His most famous hit was The Purple People Eater. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. So Sheb Wooly, a Purple People Eater, uh, also <laughs> gave us the Wilhelm scream. Here it is. Uh, here's a, here it features in Batman Returns. This is, wow. ba- this is Batman tossing a thug off the roof. Okay. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Yeah. Wow. So dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. A banquet hall approaches out of the blue. A scary feast of roast goblets and stew. But do you eat the dishes? Or do the dishes eat you? Okay, so I have a quiz. It's mostly about horror and food and how they overlap. All right. Okay. <laughs> Going to some dark corners um, yeah. here. I like it. But but there's some some whimsical stuff. Okay. A little, okay. <laughs> uh, barnyard buzzers, please buzz in with the answer. What 1978 comedy horror movie spawned three sequels, two video games, and an animated TV series, and features a song "Puberty Love." 1978 comedy horror. Comedy. And it has oh. to do with food. Oh, it has to do with food. Or, uh, oh, line. I got it. Oh, go ahead. Can't, can't. Chris. Is it Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Attack of the Killer oh. Tomatoes. Oh. I've never watched it. What made them killer? Is it like some radioactive. 
there was somebody, some weird scientist. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't look too closely at... Because at the end of that movie, the carrots strike back after they control the tomato. Like, Oh my god. I mean... Wow. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, yes. Okay. What short story by Stephen King about a monster called He Who Walks Behind the Rose was the seed for eight feature films? Whoa. Was that Children of the Corn? Children of the Corn. A short story and it... There were eight, eight children of the man. Corn. I knew they made like three or four. I didn't know there were eight of them. Man, Stephen King is making some bank. He is off of doing nothing. Man. Some good ideas. Okay, what nineteen sixty six Charlton Heston movie was based on the novel "Make Room, Make Room" about overpopulation of the Earth? Uh, everybody, <laughs> Soylent Green. Green. What two thousand and six zombie comedy musical is about zombie chickens and? You know, what? I'm gonna let I'm gonna leave it there because it's a pun. The name is a pun, and I know you guys can get there. Zombie chickens and meat and monsters. That's all I'm gonna oh, say. Oh man, about it. yeah. Poultry, the poultry geist. Poultry geist. Poultry oh, geist. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it was like team effort. We're so good. Team effort. Yeah. Poultry yeah. geist. Poultry geist. Night of the Chicken Dead. That's <laughs> the name of the movie. <laughs> What's the name of the titular yogurt-like white substance people eat in the 1985 horror comedy um, with the tagline, Are you eating it or is it eating you? Whoa. 1985. They're eating a the stuff. The, the stuff. stuff. Oh, like Oreo stuff. <laughs> that oh, yeah, you're probably right. It's white, it's goo. <laughs> the stuff. The stuff. All right, so I'd say two scary to me children's movies are, are like a little bit disturbing. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, who becomes a giant blueberry after eating gum that doubles as everybody? Violet, Violet Beauregard. Beauregard. Another Roald Dahl book. James and the Giant Peach. Yes. James goes on an adventure inside a giant peach that's inhabited by a variety of large talking invertebrates. <laughs> Name three of them. There Ooh. are oh. Oh, I see. a number of them, like seven or eight. Well, yeah. do, do we want to go? Like a, a yeah. worm? A worm, yes. Uh, Miss Spider? Yes. Was it, it was a centipede or a millipede? Yeah. A uh, centipede? Okay. A maggot? Nay. No. <laughs> no. Grasshopper. Uh, yes, Grasshopper. Because mm, right. he plays violin. Right. Yes. Uh, ladybug? Yeah, Ladybug. An ant? No, no ants. Man, I suck. <laughs> uh, Spider. Yeah, the earthworm is like blind. Glowworm. Glowworm, yes. yes. Ah. Is that how they light up? Worm. Ah. A silkworm. Ah. Ah. Good job, you guys. The execution is in sight, so you should not stove. Bow down to the royalty of disgust and gall. Is this a ballad or a story that makes your skin crawl? I, I have a a quiz concept that I think it's going to be better oh. than Brad Pitt or Lasers. I think it's going to have what? more longevity. I wow. think I think people are really going to love this one. Throwing down some we gauntlets. Get, we can get a lot of juice out of this. I've written down the name on a piece of paper, and I want you all to say it with enthusiasm when I show you. All right. Here's, all right. Here is the name of the quiz you're all about to take. Carol or Steven. That's right. It's the game show where you guess whether I'm about to give you the title of a song by singer-songwriter Carol King or the title of a short story <laughs> by master of the macabre Stephen King. Oh, I get it. 
Uh, so, yes, uh, you're going to write down either Carol or Stephen in response to these questions. I will give you the title, and you will tell me which king right. penned it. Uh, question one, The Snow Queen. The Snow Queen. Is this a song by singer-songwriter Carol King? Or is this a short story by Stephen King? Carol or Stephen? The Snow Queen. Uh, Dana says mm. Stephen. Colin says Stephen. And Karen says Carol. It is a song by Carol yes! King. <laughs> One point on the board for Karen. Dolan's Cadillac. Dolan's mm. Cadillac. Is, is it a, is it a story? Wow, is it a good. is it a story about that's a car that kills people, or is it a car that you know she Just used to drive when she American was a teenager? Cadillac. Exactly, Dolan's Cadillac. Carol or Stephen? Carol or Stephen? Carol or Stephen? Uh, Dana says Stephen. Colin says Stephen. Uh, Karen says Stephen. It is a short story by Stephen King, yeah. in which a guy is buried alive in his Cadillac. <laughs> Yikes! Oh, I think Yikes. I read that. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds familiar now. Main Street Saturday Night. Main Street Saturday Night. Is it a song by Carol King or a short story by Stephen King? Main Street Saturday Night. Karen says Carol. Colin says Carol. Dana says Carol. Yes, it is a song by Carol King. I can imagine it as These a Stephen are, King story. But they're yeah, tougher than you think <laughs> they are, aren't they? Exactly. Well, uh, you, you hear it, and it's like, it can be anything. And as always, yeah. our natural tendency to psych ourselves out. Yeah, of yes. course, yeah. of course. Well, here's one. Here's one for you. My Pretty Pony. My Pretty Pony. Does the pony... Murder people? Yeah. Is it a is it a possessed <laughs> pony? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Is it or is it just a <laughs> pony? Or is it, or is it a Carol King likes ballad. to ride yeah. around the, around the mountains of Her. yeah. Uh, we got Dana says Carol, Colin says Carol, and Karen says Carol. My pretty pony is a short story <laughs> by Stephen King <laughs> about what? Um, it is it is about time. It's a very short. It's okay. a, yeah, it's not about murder or anything. <laughs> Uncle Otto's truck. Uncle oh, Otto's truck. Man. Is it a song by Carol King? Jeez. Or a one of Stephen King's, as it turns out, many, many short stories. About automobiles. About a truck that kills people. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps going back to that theme, but is this one of them? <laughs> Is this one of them, or is it just about Carol King's Uncle Otto? Dana says Stephen, Colin says Carol, and Karen says Carol. It is a short story <laughs> by Stephen King about a truck that comes to life and kills people. Yeah. Points about, on the board for like, Dana. He got hit by a man. I feel like that would be a pivotal, <laughs> seminal part yep. of your life. Right, right. Um, relationship. In case you're cars. keeping track, Colin has two points. Dana and Karen tied for first with three points each. The Hard Rock Cafe. The Hard Rock Cafe. Could be either Karen is locked in. Colin is still thinking about it. Dana is locked in. Colin says Stephen, Dana says Carol, and Karen says Carol. It is a song by Carol yes. King. It was Hard Rock Cafe named after? Uh, no, oh. no. I believe, I think she actually wrote it for, like, the Hard Rock Makes Cafe. Makes sense. Oh, yes. Makes really? sense. Yep, yep, yep. Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Smackwater Jack. Smackwater Jack. Oh. 
a song, a folk hero song, <laughs> or a man who, who rises out of the swamp and murders people. <laughs> okay, Colin says Stephen. Dana says Stephen, and Karen says Stephen. Smackwater Jack is a person who murders a bunch of people <laughs> in, a, in a song by Carol King. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. So we all got so it wrong. We all got it wrong. Got it wrong. Yep. The man who loved flowers. The man who loved flowers. Is it a touching ballad by Miss Carol King about a a man who shows his vulnerability? Shows his vulnerability exactly in his love for botany, or a story about a truck that kills people. (laughs) Uh, Karen says Stephen. Uh, Colin says Stephen, and Dana says Stephen. It is a Stephen King short story song. about a man who is yeah, Stephen King song. Right? Written by no, Stephen King short story. You all get one point. Congratulations! Right. It is about a man who loves flowers and murders women who wear flowers. And finally, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, one last one. You know they got a hell of a band. You know they got a hell of a band. Okay, so, uh, Karen says Carol. Uh, Colin says Carol. And Dana says Stephen. It is a Stephen King oh! short story about a couple driving through the woods who find themselves in a town where all the dead musicians of the 50s and 60s live and force <laughs> the people of the town to watch concerts that that go on for years and it is basically <laughs> heck um for them it is not so good it is not one of his most beloved short stories who got that right dana got that right yeah. thus with six points Under dana the wire, yeah. rocks the whole wow. place and wins wow. carol or stephen wow yep i like the Folk carol king song about the killer, the killer. <laughs> That was, that was good. That was good. Yeah, just spiritually on point for both. Yeah. yeah. The list of Stephen King short stories and the list of Carol King songs, they're so prolific that I was hoping that There'd there be would a be a one. both. Yeah. yeah. And I could oh, throw right. in the both as a, you know, total game changer. Yeah. There was not. Yeah. And so, foolish mortals... That's the end of our ride. I want to give a special thanks to the UberDuck open source voice AI community in Perfect Picture 88 for the lovely Haunted Mansion mm. ghost host voice model that I used to, to make those <laughs> segment mm-hmm. intros. Hope all you Disney fans enjoyed that. And thank you listeners for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about costumes, candy, bugs, horror, uh, took a trip down memory lane, and don't forget to pumpkin spice everything. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Who Did What Now? All Creatures and The Accidental Creative. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.